Hello and welcome to B2B Revenue Leaders. I'm your host, Dustin Tizik. On today's episode, I'm joined by Alex Sheridan from Impacts, and we're talking about video. So specifically, we're talking about the need for buyer-ready video so it can be your 24-7 sales rep, some of the mistakes B2B companies make with video, and we spend a bit of time on how to get traction on YouTube. On to the episode. Hey, Alex. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. So we're going to talk about video in general, and we're going to take it a bunch of different directions. But something you said before this that I thought was interesting is, you know, you think agencies are doing companies wrong and kind of failing them. And it's time for companies to build internally. And as someone, you know, you have your agency, it's an interesting take. So let's break that down. What you mean by that? Well, I think, you know, content, social media, video in a day and age in which the consumer and the buyer is doing so much self-educating, they're consuming more content than they ever have before. We know how important content is, right? Whether we want to talk about LinkedIn, YouTube, across the board, we just know it's that important. So if it's that important of a function and it's really becoming kind of the core of every business almost at this point, to me, it doesn't make sense to outsource a hundred percent of that to another company because you'd want to now some of it, sure, right? Video editing, that kind of stuff, of course, right? Maybe some of the design, but to me, what companies should be doing is creating content and building their content teams internally as much as they possibly can. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, for a lot of reasons, you're retaining all of the skills, the frameworks, the strategies. You can look over across the, the desk or across the room, or if you're on a virtual call and you can say, hey, Jim, Sally, Susan, I just came up. There's a great question that a customer asked, and they asked me the same, you know, the same question got asked two days ago from a prospect. Let's answer this question. Let's address this question. Mm -hmm. Let's bring this topic up and talk about it in a video. So it gives you more flexibility to be able to create content whenever you want. But, and it's also cheaper. It's also like cheaper to retain talent in-house and have things done uh, internally within the company. So I think from a standpoint of the content's probably going to be better if you know what you're doing, it's faster. It's probably going to be more impactful. And you don't always have to pay a company to do all of that for you. I think for those reasons, it just makes sense to try and keep as much as you can internally. Yeah, I think the other thing I've run into with not just video agencies, but just agencies in general sometimes is they kind of have this content quota. They got to check yes. off, you know what I mean? Like you're getting yes. six videos. I don't know your business enough or care what the six videos are, but you're getting six videos. So it's good. So I think there's a bit of that as well, right? Which is never good for the well, company. That's a big one, right? So it's like the, the actual quality of the content when you're outsourcing all of your content. That marketing agency has a bunch of different clients, right? And for the yeah. most part, they're trying to do it as cheaply as they can and as effectively as they can. So they're outsourcing a lot of it. So it becomes very much check the box marketing, right? We're like, hey, we, we got three posts out or five posts out this week on LinkedIn. Hey, we got your five TikTok videos for the week. But is it good videos? And are mm -hmm. you addressing the right things, right? And as a, as a company... Wouldn't you want to be more involved in the content? Like, I think a lot of it's an old school thought of like, send out the marketing to another company, right? But as the owner and as a CEO and executives and players on the team, it's becoming more efficient and more effective when you are involved in the actual content creation process yourself. And you can see what the comments and the feedback that you're getting, and you can react to how customers are or are not resonating with it. So yeah, I mean, to, to me, again, do you outsource some of it when you have to from a budget standpoint or a time standpoint? Of course. But to yeah. not be creating an internal studio and content team to some degree, I just think is a miss in 2024. Yeah, I think part of it, like people have been keeping most content in-house if you forget about video, right? Like, you know, blog posts, graphic design, there's usually a designer in-house. 
video just seems to scare the shit out of people, honestly, for some reason. Like they think yeah. it's way harder than it is, so they don't get started. I think there's this like hurdle of it has to be perfect. It can't just be good enough. And they think, oh, this agency is going to be able to do it better than we can in-house. So do you run into that a little bit as well? People like just kind of afraid to do the thing. Yes. And I think yeah. old school video marketing has pretty much died, right? Where it's like, yeah. you bring in a high production company, they film these like really polished videos for a couple of days straight with you. They interview everyone. Not to say that you can't do that type of content. There's a time and a place for it perhaps, but really what you need now is social media content. You need to connect with the audience emotionally. You need to be talking about things, not just about your company's story or history or that, right? But you need to be addressing common pain points and challenges and problems mm -hmm. and fears and desires. And you need to be hitting people daily in the feeds, short form, long form content, right? So the whole dynamic of like, oh, let's do some video and let's spend a couple of days recording all this stuff, making sure it's perfect. Now it's like, we got smartphones and wireless yeah. mics. And that's the content that actually performs the best on social media. It's not the high-end, super polished stuff. It's the stuff that was shot on an iPhone. So, I mean, you know, I was talking to a guy earlier today and he's a boomer, right? But he mentioned, he's like, I'm a boomer. It's like, I don't really know much about video. And he said, I shot, I shot my first video today. And I was like, well, congratulations, yeah. man. Heck yeah. <laughs> and he goes, the funny thing is, man, he goes, I, I was all prepared with my script, ready to go. And he goes, I didn't know how to make the actual video. So he yeah, got on yeah. Zoom and he recorded it on Zoom from his laptop. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You can actually just pull out your smartphone and have a lapel mic or something very simple. And you can make a high quality video that way. So I think the technology has made it so much easier to access and it's so much more accessible to make high quality mm -hmm. video content. It's just a lot of the old marketing minds haven't adapted to that. Not yet. Yeah, no, totally. It's it's funny you mentioned a bunch of that kind of overlaps with with us as well, how, how we think about it. Because same thing, when we film remote interviews, like remote testimonials, it is the person's phone that we use because it's the, almost without a doubt the highest quality camera they have. And it's actually yeah. the best at picking up audio as well, right? Because like, think about it, the phone is made to talk into. Yeah. But the audio is actually going to be pretty decent. And one thing I want to go down a little bit, you mentioned kind of like the fear, we call it question fears and doubts, but similar thing, right? Like what is the buyer thinking about at the time that you can answer through video? And I think people skip that strategy step and don't take the time to map that out and kind of just go willy nilly, like I'm going to create all these videos. So curious your thoughts there, like how much time do you spend kind of mapping out the content and are there buckets you put it into? Yeah, I mean, so what you're talking about there, we call buyer ready content, right? So yeah, one of the most, I think, the videos that nobody has on their website that they should are pricing to our videos talking about pricing, our videos answering common questions that come up throughout the customer buyer journey. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's all buyer ready content where you've got maybe the website, the landing page, really bottom of the funnel where someone mm -hmm. really has already has intent to potentially purchase from you or potentially another company like a competitor. Right. And so now yeah. they're making a buying decision. And so they want to know the intricacies of how is your offer set mm -hmm. up and what would drive price up and down versus another company? What's the difference between this and that? How do you guys stack up be between this company and that company? And so I think that's important to have that, those videos and answer those questions in that position, like at that place in time, um, versus the social media content, which would either be typically feed-based content or search-based mm -hmm. content where you're hitting mm -hmm. the feeds and you're getting people exposed to you, creating demand. It's a whole other kind of top or mid, mid funnel journey that you're taking people on versus that, that bottom of the funnel. Yeah. The interesting thing with the bottom of the funnel stuff is th the old school approach is don't tell any people any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, don't, yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. Don't, don't discuss pricing. Don't put an objection <laughs> in their mind. It's going to freak them out. Whereas, yeah. you know, 
people are going to do most of their work before they talk to you. I'm in marketing yeah. and sales, so I can say this. I don't like talking to salespeople most of the time, right? Like I, I want to do my research and be sure first, and then I'll talk to them. Well, it's funny, man. B2B companies forget what it's like to be the customer. So imagine yeah. if you go to someone's landing page or you go to someone's website and you don't see pricing there or you don't see the answers to the really common questions that you have. You want to make the purchase. You want to buy from this company. You're ready. You're yeah. invested, right? You want to go down this path. And then you go to the website and you don't see any of the things that you would need to actually help you make that decision. They don't discuss pricing. They don't do any comparisons. They don't answer any common questions. So how do you feel as the buyer? You feel frustrated. You're like, this yeah. is bull crap, man. I came here. I'm trying to buy from you guys. And literally you're making it tough on me because I, I just, I just want some of the basic questions answering and you're not doing that. So we think, yeah, minimum answer the questions via text. Like mm -hmm. that's a minimum, but yeah. at maximum, if you got on video, it would be a chance to emotionally connect with the audience, get, get, have them get a feel more for your personality and how you work with folks. There's, it brings more authenticity to it because anybody could have wrote the copy. Right. Yeah. And so I think video just takes it a whole nother level. But at the end of the day, yeah, you, you got to put yourself in the shoes of the buyer. They, when they land on the website, I promise they don't want fancy language and confusing. Yeah. We're the number one company in the world with sophisticated technology. And it's like, dude, they don't want any of that stuff. They want what they came there for. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. We like in our case, for example, we have a video FAQ where we just yeah, hit those commonly questions and it, yeah, we have it written as well, but you're right. There's something about actually seeing, a, oh, this is a real person. It's a, co it's not like a yes. faceless company that really, you know, drives that. So I think the, I, oh, go I for it. Say, I, I think it, on t I agree hundred percent with that. I think it also just shows the fact, it shows how dedicated you are as a company. Yeah. The fact that you did a video, like uh, to answer a common, the common questions that your customer has, the fact that you did a video on pricing. When most people won't yeah. even mention it. So to me, I think it's a, it's a brand move and it's just such a, yeah, it's such a game changer when you're that customer on that journey, getting ready to buy and trying to figure out, you don't know what you don't know. And to have yeah. someone there delivering that information and those insights on videos, game changer. Yeah. And I feel like, so that area, like you said, like the buyer ready content, I feel most people, most companies aren't doing that. The no. in feed social content, I feel like a lot of companies are doing that, but maybe not well. So that's kind of the distinction between the two in my mind, at least. So I'm curious what you've seen out there on, you know, the in-feed social kind of always on, you know, steady stream content, where B2B companies seem to go wrong. Well, I, I don't think most of them are doing in the feed based, feed based content, video at least, right? I think some yeah. of them, if you look at LinkedIn, I think you're going to find a lot of check the box kind of content, right? Where it's like, yeah. we posted on the company page three times this week. Awesome. Ron, like, how did it do for your business? Did it draw on the inbound yeah. leads? Did it? shape, you know, did it shape their philosophy on how they think about your area of expertise? Did they DM or comment you and say, that's really interesting. I'm going to share that with my CEO. I, I didn't think about it that way. Did you teach yeah. them something? Like, so I think a lot of times the B2B companies just aren't showing up in the feeds of LinkedIn and the feeds of TikTok or YouTube shorts or whatever it is in a real way, like actually mm -hmm. adding value, like actually talking about the things that their customers want to hear about versus just promotional stuff. So I think that's first and foremost. The other, the second biggest mistake I think B2B companies make on, on with video in the feed is a lack of content fundamentals. And some of it's not their fault. They just have never been trained, right? So we can mm -hmm. say, let's go make videos and better yet, let's go make videos where we talk about the things that our customers want to hear about and we share our knowledge and insights. Awesome. Everyone's going to say, great job, guys. Let's go get it. But then the problem is you go to create the videos and it starts off like this. Hey, my name's Alex and I'm with Impact Marketing and 
you know, one thing we've been seeing about from our cut and they're gone. Those people are yeah. gone in the feed. They're not sticking around. Right. Or they, they post the copy above the video on LinkedIn is something like in today's video, we're going to take a deep dive with Fred impacts marketing's key objective. You know, it's like they're gone. Right. So you got to know how to write good copy. The first six to seven words in that LinkedIn post, whether it's video, text or picture has got to draw that audience in and make them go click, see more. And see mm -hmm. the rest of the post, or it's got to make them hit when they hit play on the video in the first one to two seconds. You got to talk about something that's going to intrigue that audience. So delivering a little sliver of like, this is what the video is going to be about. I'm not going to give you the, the, the whole insight right this second. I'm not going to expose the truth, but I'm going to give you a hint as to why you'd want to finish this video. So, and then there's some editing things like that, that I think are missing, but it's just, it's just one, the strategy to begin with actually doing it. And then secondly, people just underestimate content fundamentals. They're so important. Yeah. yeah. I think part of that too, is companies being a little too like stringent with how they come off. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it almost, they water it down to be safe, maybe a little too safe. Dude. And then, yeah, then the video just doesn't resonate because people are used to, you know, those yes. snappy like Instagram, YouTube videos, right? Well, you know what it is, is companies are like, we got to be on brand with our videos. And it's like, really, what is yeah. on brand? Like, what really is on brand? You know what I mean? Is that, oh, yeah. your captions have to have the same colors? Like your transitions or your logos have to pop up in the videos? Newsflash. Like, this is not 1995. Like, it's 2024. That's not what customers want. They don't care yeah. about that. Now, I do believe that your videos need to have brand consistency. Meaning if I'm talking about one thing one day, and then the next day, I've got a totally different perspective. And the next day, it's something totally different. I'm all over the place. Well, then to me, that's not, there's not much consistency there. There needs to be mm -hmm. consistency with your message, but novelty with the delivery. So I can do edutainment yeah. videos one day. I can do repurposed videos. I can have different types of captions. And like that stuff is, that doesn't matter as much as it is. Your brand is how you show up every single day. So that's what's mm -hmm. funny is like we get they get wrapped up in these little details of like the colors and the formats and make sure it has the logo on there. And like, you're, guys, you're missing the entire point. Like you're losing the entire opportunity we have on video because you're focusing on the small details that literally the customers and audience don't want anyways. It's almost yeah. laughable, dude. Yeah, it's the stuff that you notice because you're on the marketing team and you put the brand book together. Right. Like it's not anything <laughs> right. a, a customer is ever going to notice. Right. Um, yeah. I've got in trouble for that over the years. Like this, you know, you use the, the wrong <laughs> tense or like we hyphenate that word or we use like an M dash. I'm like, it doesn't matter. This doesn't make a difference. Exactly, man. It's like no one's watching yeah. the videos. So me just, yeah. It's a waste of time. Yeah. And I think, so you mentioned, I mean, we've talked about video. We've, we haven't talked a ton about delivery and how the content type changes. So I know you're super active on YouTube super active on LinkedIn, other channels as well. How do you go about creating that? Like, do you natively create videos for both or do you just, you know, same style YouTube, same style LinkedIn? Well, you know, I believe that you have to respect the platform that you're posting content on. And I think that's what most people are like, we're going to start doing YouTube. And it's like, cool, we'll throw a webinar. We'll throw our podcast. We'll throw a long form video there. And it's like, yeah, that's not, it's not. And look, I've done that before too. So I'm not like trying to say that I've perfectly mastered everything that I've ever done. Of course, I made all these mistakes, right? It's partly how I learned, but yeah. that's not going to work, right? You're not respecting YouTube as a platform, right? If you go on LinkedIn and you've been on Instagram for years or TikTok, and now you come to, to LinkedIn and think you're going to do the exact same thing you did on Instagram, it's probably not going to work. There's a mm -hmm. little bit of a different strategy. In a lot of ways, there's a, a big difference in strategy versus, you know, LinkedIn versus TikTok or Instagram. 
So I think part of it is understanding the platform. If you look at LinkedIn, you got to know how to write good copy. You got to know that picture posts perform really well right now, but certain kinds when you're telling stories and that ties back into your business and that can draw on leads. You know, YouTube is a different beast. You, you got to mm -hmm. go in there showing up. Now, shorts is a little bit different. I think there's from a short form vertical standpoint, there's a lot of opportunities to repurpose or repost the same videos. Maybe you tweak some things or mix the copy up. But I think there's a lot of opportunity there to repost the same things. We do that. But if yeah. you look at YouTube from a long form video perspective, you better have a clear game plan and have done some research into, into what customers are searching for. Like what is a hot topic that it also has low competitive score, you know? So find mm -hmm. a good niche that you know about that you're an expert in that is, that is highly in demand, but there's a lower competitive score. Right. And you can look at things like YouTube analytics and bit, bit IQ and that kind of stuff. But then you got to know how to create the thumbnail, the title, the video. What is a hook like in a video or hook a video hook in a YouTube video versus a video hook in a TikTok video? They're different, right? Mm -hmm. There's some similarities, but they differ. And so, you know, for me, it's like if you're creating long form YouTube videos versus the LinkedIn posts versus the TikToks, there's always content fundamentals that transition that you learn, pick up, and then you can say, yeah, because I know this now, because I was good with LinkedIn and TikTok, I can move to YouTube and get it faster than somebody who had never done anything, right? There's certain yeah. skills that are, they translate, but there's also certain aspects of the social media platforms that are different and you got to respect and you got to learn those. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, I find, so this is how we got connected, actually. I made a post on, on LinkedIn about who's actually doing YouTube well in the B2B space. Yeah. I have failed at YouTube many times. It's hard, man. It's like it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. It's not the same as the other channels. It's its own beast with its own search, its yeah. own algorithms, its own little points. And you mentioned long form content there. So let's like disregard shorts for now. Cause I, I agree yeah. that's we repurpose as well from shorts to LinkedIn, create a vertical. Yeah. On the long form piece, how important is, you know, the technical side, I guess, right? Like like you said, finding those niches to focus on. And how can people get started there? Because I feel everyone knows website SEO, just kind of going away and changing a, a little bit, but not many people know YouTube that well in that regard. Yeah, I mean, to me, when I'm thinking about making a YouTube video from scratch, like this is my mindset. Yeah. The first thing I think about is what is what are the messages that I want to deliver to my audience, right? And then I think about, are they searching for those types of topics? Is it highly, mm -hmm. is it being highly searched or sought after? And then again, I look at like the competitive landscape score of like, and you could search in the feed, you can look at analytics, but you can look to see if this is kind of a hot topic or becoming a hot topic. It's something that people are starting to search more and more and more about like LinkedIn marketing, for example, it's become super yeah. hot over the last couple of years because every business is like, we got to do LinkedIn now, right? But no one knows how to do it. So they're searching, they're searching YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. And even I've won customers from people searching on TikTok, LinkedIn, hashtag LinkedIn marketing and found my videos. But on YouTube, so I, I go there first, I go to the research, I understand what the customer would be searching for, what language would they use? I made the mistake in the beginning, I was trying to be all cute with my YouTube titles and like, I'd be like the three, how to master the three C's of LinkedIn. And then meanwhile, someone with like Johnny from Portland was searching what to post on LinkedIn. Like, yeah. like how do I yeah, update exactly. my profile? And it was just like my, what I was trying to teach and educate people the delivery or the framework or the package that I put that in was misaligned with what the package or the box that the customer was searching for. So I think mm -hmm. you got to create alignment there, but then you can get creative with the titles and the thumbnails. And so once you kind of understand, okay, my customer is searching for what the hell type of content do I post on LinkedIn? 
if I want yeah. to win clients there. And maybe I don't have a big following. Maybe I'm kind of starting off from scratch. What the heck would I post there? So then I'm like, all right, well, let me reverse engineer that now and go backwards and let me make the title or the thumbnail of me saying what to post and a logo of LinkedIn. Let me make mm -hmm. the title say, you know, what to post on LinkedIn to win clients there, right? Let me make the description fit the video. Let me make that video go through these buckets of, of content in order to help them actually accomplish that because that's what the video is. It's a, the video on YouTube is delivering on the promise that you made in the title yeah. and the thumbnail. So there's a bunch of technical stuff within that, but I think that's how I think about getting started. It's like the research, it's, it's, then it's the titles, the thumbnails, it's making the video itself, it's the description, it's even on the back end, like it's how do you get more people? So once people finish your YouTube video, most people don't know this, but you can select end cards and have certain mm -hmm. types of content pop up. If you don't select that and you don't know that technical aspect, which I didn't know in the beginning, people are finishing your video and they're getting recommended a competitor's video Yeah, versus yeah. them continuing to watch yours and being fed through your loop. And so what you'll start to notice is when you get traction on YouTube, it almost becomes this ecosystem where people come in and then they get fed another one of your videos and another one of your videos, another one of your videos. So you got one video that does well on YouTube and it can carry you for six to 12 months. I mean, that's yeah. what I love about YouTube is like, it's not a daily grind like LinkedIn is. Yeah, it's not easy to get going there, but once you get going, those videos last for months and even years and they'll consistently perform and bring you in by leads while you're just having fun or sitting back or sleeping or eating dinner. Yeah, so the, the whole concept, like you mentioned, I've seen you post this on LinkedIn. I think it's your banner image actually, right? Like, yeah, have video be your 24 seven sales rep, essentially. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah, and I, That's it. I think just one more YouTube thing. And then I want to talk about that concept real quick as well. About 24 seven always on. But on YouTube, I feel like it's the one channel where people will actually watch long form content. You know what I mean? They will watch it. I mean, people watch three hour podcasts on there. They might watch a 20 minute how to video. Whereas if you ever post that on any other social channel, those, there's no way in hell. Like they're scrolling through the feed, you get 30 seconds, you're done. So I think that's a major that's advantage a great that people, people are maybe afraid of making long form content because they think no one has an attention span. YouTube's maybe the exception because that whole YouTube rabbit hole thing we've all been caught in, you know, two in the morning, just scrolling through stuff. Well, dude, you nailed it. I mean, I think that's, there's, you have to understand there's a different mindset on of your audience on based on the social media platform that you're on. So yeah. the audience's mindset on TikTok is different than it is on LinkedIn. TikTok's way more entertainment, even though it's become a lot more educational now, we know that, but yeah. it's fast paced, it's, it's all video, right? You're scrolling, you're, you're in the rabbit hole. It's an interest-based social, it's an interest-based algorithm. LinkedIn's different. It's more of a network. It's more of like a community, right? It's not mm -hmm. as, it's video, but it's not as heavy video. People tend to stop and dwell a little bit more. They engage more. There's more comments and back and forth. It's more, they're more business minded, which is why it's a great place to convert customers, right? And then yeah. you've got YouTube and podcasts where people are going into the app, a lot of times either searching for stuff or going into it, being recommended things that they've watched before or listened to before that mm -hmm. they're ready to give you their time. It's like, if you open the YouTube app, typically, you know, you're like, I'm going to invest some time here, right? Which is not the yeah. same case. It's not the case if you're flying through LinkedIn, you're not ready to invest 20 or 30 minutes. So yeah, knowing that piece, knowing where you're at and what social media platform that you're on and the audience that's on there and the psychology behind how they're scrolling through that feed is so important. You nailed another point, which is attention spans have not shrunk, right? I think that's yeah. a myth, right? Because if you think about it, we've just got more options now than we ever have had before. 
So it's like now if I'm scrolling through TikTok and it's not doing it for me, I can exit out, go to LinkedIn, TikTok, or YouTube, Instagram, like my dating yeah. app. There's a million things I can go to, right? But yeah. once you lock into something, you'll give it the attention, which is why, you know, there's still long form movies. There's podcasts are now bigger than they've ever been. There's, we're watching NFL playoffs, which are hours and long games. Like it, our attentions are still there. We just have a lot of options. So to get someone's attention, yeah, it's more challenging now. Yeah, I mean, people binge watch, you know, a 10 episode docu-series on Netflix in yeah. one day, right? So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Cool, and I think let's yeah. let's wrap it up with that content, the, the concept of, you know, video being your 24-7. We've kind of danced around it, right? Like, and talked about it, yeah. right? but maybe outline what you're thinking there and how people can get started on that journey a bit. Well, my whole philosophy around marketing is that your video content should be a 24-7 sales rep for your business. I came from yeah. sales. I did B2B sales for 10 years. I knocked on doors. I cold called. I sent emails. I was constantly the hunter. I started mm -hmm. posting video content. And what was interesting is I realized that I started to become the hunted. And then yeah. I said, you know, okay, I'm posting videos on LinkedIn. This is great. I'm getting some inbound leads, nothing crazy. This is back when my full-time uh, company was a side hustle at the time. And I'm working in corporate. I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. I've, I've never been in this position before. So it was so freaking weird to me, man. I was like, wait, customers come to me. This is strange. So I thought, how can I take this a step further? Well, if I just think about the customer buyer journey, right? And maybe on LinkedIn and TikTok, they're a little bit more top of the funnel. I'm driving awareness. I'm trying to create demand. I'm trying to educate people. They're getting exposed to me typically for uh, a newer audiences, right? Well, how do I, what happens when they get to that next layer where they want to go mm -hmm. deeper on some of this stuff? Well, if I do long form videos, that will help educate them through the buyer journey. If I did a podcast, that would certainly help as well. And then what happens when they get farther along the journey? And maybe now they want to go to my website and they want to talk to me, but I don't have to be there because I'm answering the questions that they're asking that I know they're going to ask. I'm addressing pricing on video and things like that, that I know that they would want to have those conversations with me in person, but I'm now doing it in video. So I'm essentially like creating the demand. I'm educating them at a deep level and sharing insights and comparing things, which is what we would do as a salesperson in person. I'm doing that all through video. And then even at the back end, let's say bottom of the funnel sales conversation, where you'd be overcoming objections, talking about pricing, talking about how we work together, that's being done on video. So literally yeah. I'm sitting back and it's just like emails are coming through, calls are being booked and all these inbound leads are coming through because the video content is selling for me 24 seven. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's the only way to scale really. Otherwise you'd hire you know, two AEs and then you get too many requests. You hire three and it just grows and grows. We take a similar philosophy, focus on customer content though, but like turning customers into your always on salespeople by using their yeah. voice, like you just said, like mapping it out to the different buyer journeys. So I think it's something people, they don't think about that middle, honestly, you know what I mean? Like maybe they'll put a couple of videos on LinkedIn and they'll have a bottom of funnel ish video on their website, but they don't yeah. think about that whole in between of all the questions. Yeah. So I think for me, that's the one takeaway I want people to get from this. It's like, actually think about what your buyers want and then create the videos. That's it, man. And they, there's times when they just, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds video is fantastic. And that, that drives a conversation or an inbound lead. Yeah. And then there's times recently, like uh, we just want a client on, on YouTube where they just watch probably 10 or 15 of our videos in the course of 24 hours. And what's yeah. funny is when you're on the call with these people, these prospects, they're selling for you. Like they're yeah, literally totally. bringing up the things that you taught them. They're like, so you said in this video that the video content could be a 24 seven sales rep. And I see what you mean by this. And I want to see if we could do this. And I'm like, you're just going to sit back. You, you're the you got this. Like you, you yeah. can be part of the sales team. I mean, they're literally 
reciting back the things that you've taught them in your videos and essentially essentially cloning them or closing their themselves in the yeah. actual meeting. So they're 90% of the way sold by the time they book the call. It just makes sales a hell of a lot easier when you have video that's just constantly doing all the work for you. Oh, 100%. So I think, you know, people listening to this now are probably thinking, cool, I want that. How do <laughs> I do that? And you're, you're one of the answers there, right? So if they want to reach out and either you put out a lot of free content too. So if they want to connect and follow that or, you know, actually talk to you, where should they go? Yeah, definitely LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. If you want to start following my content, drop me a message, that kind of stuff. The YouTube channel has in-depth strategies, tactic techniques, how to use video to grow your business. We just are launching and probably when that, I don't know when this comes out, but January 31st, we're launching the video sales rep series, where we're going to teach companies and people how to implement video as our 24 seven sales rep. So I'm sure we'll nice. probably send you the link. We can get the link going, but also it'll be on our front page on our website. It'll be on my LinkedIn profile. You'll be able to see it basically anywhere we are, but it's a free video series. It takes it's a five video series that you'll deliver straight to your inbox. And it literally just shows you step-by-step step how to implement all of it. That's awesome. Yeah. So definitely send me that link for our listeners. We'll include it in the description. This goes live on the 30th. So perfect time. Perfect, Couldn't be man. better. Yeah. And Alex, thanks so much. That was fun. I really enjoyed chatting about this. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dustin. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. My key takeaway is just how neglected and underutilized YouTube is for B2B. I mean, it's the most powerful video search engine in the world, and you'd think B2B marketers would be all over that since, you know, we're all obsessed with search, but we're not. And it's because YouTube is hard. It's its own beast. And this year, I want to spend more time focusing on how to actually get traction there and build an audience. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, I'll be back Tuesday with a new episode.